Hello, 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 and welcome to 2023 and the Expansive Podcast. Wonderful to have you all with us. We hope you have been in a restful state for the last couple of weeks and have enjoyed your December and January, and that you're really ready for what is set to be quite the tumultuous year ahead of us. If we look at how the world has been sort of developing over the last 12 months, we have a lot of exciting and tumultuousness ahead of us. But before we get into today's pod, welcome, Eric Kruger. How are you, my friend? Hey, brother. I just realized as you were speaking now that today's episode is uh, the episode that every year gets the most downloads, and it's our episode for Word of the Year. That's right. Uh, and I just, I'd like, we, I kind of forgot about that because we were chatting offline beforehand, catching up, and I was like, I was like getting into the pod, like we have um, a couple of things that we want to get to. And I'm looking at it like, oh, yeah, we're doing Word of the Year, and I get to learn your Word of the Year today. So I'm actually, like, super excited now and a bit nervous to share mine with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> it is. Because why? Cause it's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's going to live with us for the next 12 months, and we have to live up to it, right, in so many ways. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a great holiday. I have been to Mexico and Costa Rica, and now we are back in the driving seat. I've been working actually since the 26th of December, uh, qualifying for Dr. Joe Dispenza's Neuroscience uh, Change Solutions uh, Certification, which has been a hell of a lot of work, but been loving it, rewiring and refiring my own brain and really enjoying it. I've met some incredible people from around the world and uh, really excited for 2023. How was your December, Eric? You went to London, right? Yeah, it was phenomenal. Um, my first time visiting the UK, actually. Um, we, we always tend to end up in Europe because Dan's uh, parents Families live there. in Germany. Yeah. So um, because of that, we always go to Europe. And this was my first time to the UK, and I absolutely loved it. Um, also just realized what? again how... Your first I loved time it. to the UK? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Your yeah. first time. First time. My God. Yeah, wow. I know. I can't believe it. Okay. I know. Okay. I didn't know this. So, yeah, it was incredible. It was um, interesting to see just how weak the rent is against the pound. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The international listeners, rand is a South African currency, which is very, very weak and makes everything expensive when you travel. So just, just for the people that aren't in South Africa. Yeah. C crazy expensive uh, if you're in London. So, um, yeah, and then otherwise just been working on the leadership manual. Uh, that's kind of wrapped up today in terms of the first draft, uh, busy working on, on my book. Um, yeah, and just I think getting into the headset and getting ready for what this year is going to bring. Um, when is your like, first time back on stage this year? Uh, 20th of January. Okay. So a couple of weeks to go. You? Awesome. Uh, not next week, Friday, the week after that Friday. I'm not sure when, what the date is on that. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. It's getting going. Uh, I saw a post from a friend of mine in the States that, uh, he's speaking in Las Vegas and he got an email from United Airlines saying, please try and arrive a day or two early. The number of conferences are higher than they've ever been. And we have got, we're expecting a lot of traffic. So, and his post was mm. about the fact that, uh, and he's a speaker he speaking about, the expert economy. Isn't that Ryan? Is, Why do I right. think I saw that? That's right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Ryan Estes. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. right. Yeah. And um, just about how the expert economy is blowing up. And that's our world. So really looking forward to a great year. And I think the big thing that I think all of us need to practice, and we spoke about this off air for a bit, but we are moving into an unknown world, more unknown than ever before with the launch of ChatGPT, with China, with crypto, with, you know, Aliens still coming, you know, they've already arrived, just uh, not to everybody, but soon they'll be coming to everybody. There's just so much up in the air, right? And it's funny, some people like chirp me on social media about my alien predictions, but anyway, they're coming, they're coming. I still, I'm still holding on strong. Um, so, uh, what we have to do as a collective is practice agile optimism and practice the concept of everything is in flux. And when everything is in flux, when you are stuck to a specific outcome, you find yourself really uncomfortable or unhappy. And really the agility in our ability to be optimistic with whatever the world is bringing is absolutely key. And uh, you had a term for it. You, what, what did you call it off air? There was a term you used. I mean, it was the process of accretion and everything's a process. 
And I, in America and in, Canada, in Mexico, I was, me, I was joking with my, my American friends that everything's a process, not a process. It's a process. <laughs> and so yeah, everything's a process. Everything's going through a process of evolving in flux, you know. And I think it's important we all adapt an agile, optimistic viewpoint in our behavior mm. for what's coming. Mm. Yeah, more than ever, more than ever. Um, listen, but today's pod is, is going to be a bit of a longer pod already. Um, so let's get straight into it and. For uh, for those who are only interested in like the word of the year stuff, you'll have to skip to the end of the podcast because we're going to start with a little bit of a recap <laughs> um, of 2022. And we did that at the end of the year. We we kind of looked back at um, at what 2022 taught us. We revised our word for the year. But today's episode is to just and we'll just do this in a sort of quick fire way. We won't spend a lot of time on each of these. Um, we want to speak about a few different categories and in, in terms of like our um, experiences of these different uh, options or categories. So like we're going to speak about our biggest win for the year, our biggest loss for the year, uh, the best podcast that we listened to, the best book that we read, our favorite travel destination, and then the most important lesson learned. Um, so let's just kick off straight away, right? Do you have anything to say before we do that? I'd, I'd actually add one more to it and the most interesting person you met. You can't add that now. Was that... It's you know? just on the fly, bro, on the fly. You think about it while we're Jeez. talking. Yeah, yeah. I need time to plan and prep and I can spend. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Right, cool. Whatever, Eric, on the fly, <laughs> plan and prep. Look, you didn't look, even look, know look, this look. podcast was about word of the year. You just figured it out. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get busy. All right. So, Big, biggest, biggest win, win for of the year. year. What you start, you start. Cool. So my biggest win for 2022 was the book going bestseller. So, you know, uh, Dangerous came out last year and my my expectations were that it had to be a bestseller, but I also had a bit of like trauma and history of my first book coming out and not hitting that status, mainly because the book came out and I just kind of abandoned it. But then last year with Dangerous coming out, um, you know, we had lots of conversations about how to get to the bestseller position and status uh, there was lots of planning that went into it, lots of money that was spent to get there, lots of energy, focus, effort. And I'm just, I'm, I was really happy when that moment happened and it hit the bestseller list, uh, walked into stores to see it in the number one spot. So yeah, that to me was definitely the biggest win. And actually it was, it was quite easy to identify it because I don't feel like I've had many big wins last year. So this one kind of stood out for me uh, amongst the, the wins that I did have. What is it for you? What is your biggest win for last year? As, you, as you've said that, I realized we should have made a best win business and best win personal because I think mm. they're different, right? And mine's a personal. Um, and my, mm. per, my best win for the year was me um, healing my relationship with my dad. Mm. And uh, that was a big, big thing for me because for 20 years, uh, I had no relationship with him. And this year, I've met him twice already. I've spent uh, a good amount of time with him and I've healed that relationship to a place where we're very at peace with each other and how it's affected my life in really unexpected ways where I've met other amazing men. Like a reflection point of what you expect men mm. to be is very much based on your subconscious patterning of your father. And we don't realize this, you know, and when I was angry with my dad and I always thought that my dad was X, Y, and Z, I would meet people similar to my dad because my expectation subconsciously, the blueprint I was putting out into the world was that. And since I've met my dad, it's just I've really had an amazing number of other amazing men around. And so healing my relationship with my dad and maybe secondary to that is also healing the relationship with my brother, which happened pretty much at the same time. And, you know, all of it has got to do with my word of the year, which I'll talk about later and how it came about and why it happened. And here's the biggest thing. I didn't plan to heal my relationship with my dad. I didn't plan to relationship mm. my, heal my relationship with my brother. And they healed naturally. And this leads me to my word of the year, which I'll explain later. But it's been an incredible, it's been an incredible practice to hold a grudge for that long and to replace that grudge, grudge with peace. Mm. And uh, it's really, I feel, I feel it's made me a much better man. Mm, sure. Yeah. And we did an entire episode where we spoke about this process as well. So, um, 
if if you're listening to this and that resonates with you, then uh, go have a look in the archives because we actually unpacked this a little bit. And I remember speaking about the um, kind of the process for you around it. And I, I remember the the biggest takeaway for me actually from that episode was that you said, I realized that um, I have to take full responsibility for my relationship. And, and yeah, yeah, that, you know, that the, stuck the, with me. The, so, yeah, I think, I think we, we, we easier fall victim to the reality around us rather than take responsibility. I had a lady made a, make a comment about, I made that post about marry a man that tells you you're great, uh, thinks you're equal, whatever. whatever and then uh, I don't know what that, well, I don't know what that other dog is doing, there, but he looks pretty good. <laughs> So I was like, it was a bit of a joke, but she came back with the fact that, you know, she was a victim of her ex-relationship. And I, I, I mean, I wasn't going to make a comment on Facebook, but she was in a victim state. You know, it wasn't her fault mm. that the relationship had broken down. It was his fault. And that's a very, very bad place to be in because you can't change it. You're a victim mm. of, and we, we allow the outer world to determine our inner world. And that becomes a point of friction. And what creates anxiousness and, and depression. And so it's important for us to take responsibility to bring about freedom. Mm. And uh, I don't know if there's any more important relationships than a son and a father. And to heal that has been just a, yeah. an absolute win for 2022. It's mm. something I'll always remember. Love that. Love that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Moving on to the biggest L. So let's kick you off with that. The biggest, biggest loss? L- loss for the year. Loss. Yeah, it was easy for me when I read this question. It's... Oh, I feel emotional. We lost Lucky Lou. And, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm going to go to the farm now and she's not going to be there. She was with us for 12 years, you know. And I saw this amazing Instagram. It's like there's a dog with his face out the door, at the window. And it said, dogs are only here for a short time. Let them do what they want to do. Like, let them enjoy what they need to enjoy. Mm. And not that your dogs need that advice. Your dogs eat cheeseburgers. So, I mean, so my biggest <laughs> loss was losing our lucky, you know? And it was amazing watching her mm. deciding it was time for her to go. Because when you think about it in hindsight, she stopped eating. And my mom was distraught, you know? And uh, was trying to feed her everything, like chicken broth, like anything, you know? Trying to get her feed and she just wasn't eating. Mm. And then she disappeared, she went and they found her in the bushes, like far away from the farm, just waiting to die. Sure. You know, she, she actually started sure. to wander away. So, yeah, it's a big loss. It's a big loss to the family. Mm. But, yeah. Dude, um, yeah, um, you know, obviously being so deeply attached to my pups, like this kind of thing really affects me as well. And I, I can only imagine what you're going through. Um, but, you know, like I said in, in our brief exchange about it. I really think ultimately like what pups want and need is to give love and be loved. And I think if they've done that, you know, like that's the perfect life they could have lived. And I know that you guys would have given her that and received her love as well. So, you know, um, since I've had Axel and Jaeger, I've become aware of how short their lives are. And it's something that's really tough to deal with. I'm so aware of their mortality all the time. Um, and they, they around for way, way, uh, too little, but, but perhaps that's also part of the beauty of it. You know, as they come into our lives and like you are their life and you are their world for a short amount of time and they end up enriching our lives in the best ways possible. You know, um, that's why my next phase of my life will be adopting senior dogs is mm. I know they've only got a few years and just to actually spoil them rotten for those last few years, you know, and, uh, actually have the mm. expectation that that's their, that's their journey. So yeah, that's definitely going to be the next, uh, the next phase of what I want to do. Right. Your loss. Um, so my biggest L is, um, it's actually business related again. And it is that last year when I sat down at the beginning of the year, I, I laid out a very specific plan for like world domination for the year, you know? Um, and I had this like five step process and it was like the manual comes out, the book comes out. And then like, there were like two or three other things that like happened in succession. 
And like all of that creates this, the momentum that I need to just like explode my, my speaking business for last year. And the, the loss for me is that I had this big plan and a big part of that was to do more international work and it didn't materialize at all last year. Um, which was very frustrating for me because during the pandemic, there was more international stuff that I was doing in like overseas stuff. And then last year I just had this like complete dip in it, you know? So it, it felt, um, it was painful for me kind of at, at two levels, this loss. The one was that the plan that I put in place didn't materialize and lead to that, but also I, it was there before and then it wasn't there. So it was kind of like an, at both of those levels, it felt like a bit of a loss. Um, but this year, obviously like that's still back on the charts for me. It's still something that I'm, I'm very focused on for this year. But looking back, that was one of the things that I, I put on my goal list and that I didn't get to last year. So that to me is my biggest L. You know, if we are doing business, I think it's also fair. Um, my big win, then I'll just go with business, uh, is obviously the bestseller. I also got the bestseller, my fifth one and my last one. I'm not writing another book for now. And uh, my biggest loss was November. I was booked for these two massive gigs, like some of my highest paying gigs, and they confirmed on email. And then we were ready to go book tickets and everything, and then they canceled. And it was like such a hit. I ended the year with mm. quite a like, yeah, it sucks. I wish they'd never approached me because then I would have ended on a high, man. I was, I was in Jet in Saudi Arabia. I was winning already. And then these guys came in and they took the rug out of my feet. So that really shows you agile optimism and what the reason need to practice it, you know? So mm. yeah, I've also, I've also had some of those uh, sort of, uh, but we spoke about it, yeah. you know, your, your word of inevitable was, you know, your inevitab inevit inevitability was just to find balance in your life, mm. become a better man, love your wife more. I mean, I, I, I'm really inspired by the amount of love you, you share about your wife and how proud you are of her and, and rightfully so, you know, she is amazing, but it's also great because I know you're not an emotional guy. I mean, both your wins and losses, but nothing to do with your personal <laughs> life. And that's, that's kind of how you, who you are, yeah. you know, and I'm different, mm. but it's nice to see you express, express that. And it's inevitable, inevitable also just to be a better man. It doesn't always have to be career. Mm. So I wish you luck for 2023 and for it to be really an expansive year for you, but it doesn't always have to be linked always directly to career. You know, there's lots of other things out there. Mm. Mm. I mean, your paddle games should be the biggest okay. loss, actually. Yeah. Because you're so shit. Oh, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> my biggest loss is Listen, like, crap, my paddle. You literally, like, you literally fled to Dubai <laughs> to get away from, to like, playing a game paddle. against me. So. Look, I'll watch a couple of videos. Uh, it's okay. I'm fine. I'll come back. I'll come back. I'll play my left hand. I'll play my left hand. Okay, let's go. Best pod. What podcast should we listen cool. to? I, I know what your answer is, but let's go. I want to hear what it is. Yeah, you, you know what my my answer is. Um, my first million. So it's a podcast that I've been listening to maybe since the start of the year. Um, I, I think what I just love about it, so it's, it's these two guys, uh, Sean Perry and Sam Parr. Um, what I love about it is it reminds me so much of our podcast to start with. You know, it's it's two friends that get onto a, a podcast and banter and talk about things that they are passionate about and care about and that are interesting to them. And so I, I love I love being part of the conversation and just feeling like I'm part of a, a two friends chatting. And it's it's something that I think we emulate on the podcast often when we get comments and ratings and reviews. By the way, if you're listening to this, feel free to go leave <laughs> us a rating or a review on, on iTunes. Yeah. Um, when we get ratings and reviews, or it's often Spotify. not on Spotify. like the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Spotify, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, congratulations, yeah, congratulations to you, to you Sonny. Yeah. To you, <laughs> no, 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 congratulations to you. <laughs> Spotify released a, uh, like, a, uh, so they do this wrapped at the end of the year for, for you and your all the music you've listened to. But then for podcasters, they also do a wrapped for podcasting. And we found out last year that the expansive, thank you to everyone who listen, was listening, uh, was in the top 5% most shared podcasts globally. That is um, and it was, a it was a mad statistic. Dude, that is a dude mad it, it was amazing. It was amazing to see it come through. And it, like, I was, I was very grateful and I was like, this is amazing. But then when I started seeing other podcasts that I thought were probably bigger, more shared, started sharing their numbers. And we were like in a higher percentage than them 
I was like, wow. No, no, that was, this is, when, you, when, this you, is when you sent me that other one that was in the top 10%, I was like, Jeez. wow. I didn't realize so many people were sharing yeah. it. So whoever's listening to this, thank you so much. I mean, it's just such a, you know, again, it's a delightful gift. We don't, I have no idea that mm. who's listening to it and who isn't listening to it. So yeah, great. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to it. Um, so your podcast is um, uh, My First Million. I also recommend everybody to go and listen to it. Yeah, it's, it really is very informative. They're very cool. I do dig them. But I listen to two podcasts over and over. The one is Scott Galloway, uh, Prof G. So mm-hmm. Prof G and um, MFM, uh, which is uh, My First Million. Those are my two tops. But I do always start off with Prof G. His podcasts are very informative around market movement mm. and what's going on in the world, the mergers, the market, the media. He's just very, very smart and he's a very smart guy. He's also very dry yeah. in his sense of humor. And uh, so I will go with uh, Prof G and uh, Scott Galloway as my favorite podcast and my second favorite being MFM, um, My First Million. So yeah, if you're not listening to podcasts uh, more than ours, well done. This is the only one you need to listen to to live your life. <laughs> but if you are listening to other ones and you have recommendations for other ones, please Instagram us. Let us know what you're listening to. We'd always like to hear about new podcasts. And you know, the podcasts sometimes resonate, mm. sometimes don't. You know, it's like depends what mood you're in. It's, I remember like I used to watch a series on TV, and then sometimes I'd watch one and just I wasn't in the mood for it, and it never clicked. And other people would say mm. it was the most amazing. And I find podcasts to be the same. I'm just sometimes not in the mood for that sort of information. I listen to it and I get like off, put off by it. And that's what happened with my first million is I just go, eh. And then you told me about it again. I was like, hey, let me just give it another chance. And then I got hooked. I mean, I'm, I'm keep screen grabbing mm. it and sending it to you. I'm like, listen to this 22 minutes. My God, we should be doing this. We should be doing that. Like all of a sudden it's become like a huge part of my, my walking ritual. Though. Cool. So. Prof G and MFM. All right, best book. My best book. We have three is, more to go. My best book is two books: uh, "Living Untethered" and "The Age of Resilience." And "Living Untethered" is Michael mm. Singer's newest, latest book. Who used to who brought out a book called uh, the, "The Surrender Experiment" and "Untethered," and this is now "Living Untethered." And jeez, mm. I have learned so much from this book. The way he talks about how planets and stars are formed from clouds of clouds clouds of 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 molecules form mm. form uh, combine with each other that create planets and so when you look up into the stars and they show you these pictures they show you of the star system and then they show these clouds those are stars forming busy forming and so the way you mm. explained it in the book is that we are made literally made by star clouds. And so everything around us is made up of these, I don't know, whatever, the, 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 the amount of molecules that are out there and elements that are out there that have all combined to create this planet. And just the way he explained it and, he, and what he's trying to get at is that you are here for a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second. So don't try and control anything. Be a participant and a viewer of the world that's happening. And that's what living untethered means is that the voice in your head mm. is not real. It's just, it's a, it's a bullshit continuous, uh, uh, narration of the world around you. And if you can calm your brain waves down to an alpha and theta, the voice disappears and you really just start experiencing reality for what it is. And I just thought it was an incredible, incredible, like way he describes how reality is created. And it was funny because I was reading it while I was at Dr. Joe in Mexico and Costa Rica. And I was like, wow, it's just like two different versions and saying the same thing from two different angles. And so Mm. I highly recommend that. I've seen a lot of people on social media are actually sharing it and reading it as well. So well done to Michael Singer for bringing out this book. Thank you so much. And then the other book is called The Age of Resilience and also a very interesting um, I'm a big fan of him. He, he's written a lot. He's written 22 other books. His name is Jeremy Rifkin. And this is talking about how we have been addicted to a- efficiency. And in the age of efficiency, what happens is we prioritize efficiency and quarterly profits. But when something massive happens, unexpected, the whole system falls down because it's not prepared for resilience. It's prepared for efficiency. And the two examples he used, I thought were really clever. One was the hospital system in America, or actually globally, the hospital system is built for efficiencies and not for 
all eventualities. And all of a sudden, when COVID arrived, it fell apart. And so what happened is we were all locked away at home. Why? Because the hospitals couldn't deal with what was going on more than anything else. And so, and, and I thought that was smart. And then the second example he used was, he actually used a bunch of examples, but the ones I remember was the almond plantations and actually monocrops, monocrop farming. And what a problem it is because soils need lots of different crops, not just monocrops. And what's happening, especially to the almond industry, is some bug got in there that they couldn't kill and it destroyed the almond, uh, like fields orchards or whatever they're called and he was saying that if they were built for resilience they would have a different farming systems and so everything he was just going through point after point after point he's like look this is built for efficiency 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 and now you move into the unknown future they're going to collapse because they're not built for adaptability they're built for efficiency mm. so the very very interesting book and very different books you know this is about cycles and economics and the future and the other ones about spiritual and consciousness which is really my two i suppose passions in life mm, and sometimes in the two books yeah. yeah those are my favorite that sounds awesome um yeah i remember reading or, or listening to the untethered soul like many many years ago um actually it's maybe worth like a bit of time to go and revisit that uh my book for the year is actually a very very old book um it was called leading teams by a guy called richard hackman and richard hackman so obviously like in 2022 i spent uh incredible amount of time working with teams and helping them create team operating systems and figure out how do we create team transformations. And Richard Hackman is sort of the grandfather of team theory. Um, you know, like everything that we have today, I think really started with him and, and the research that he was doing. And so one of the big takeaways that I had from his book is that he said that we often try and control teams in order to get them to change. But he said that the most important thing is that we have to have certain enabling conditions to allow teams to change. And so he had three very specific enabling conditions. The one was um, a compelling vision. The other was a strong structure. And the final one was a supportive context. And so he said without those conditions in place, like nothing else that you do really matters. And it reminded me, you know, there's this quote that goes, um, uh, a good man will never beat a bad system. And that's essentially, I think, what, what I got from his work is that when we, it, this is across anything, right? So when, when we look at change at an individual level or we look at change at an organizational level, team level, whatever it may be, um, we're very quick to go and talk about the change that must happen, the action that must happen, the habit that must change, the thing we need to do differently. But then the environment doesn't support it. And if we want to really see change happen, then we need to create conditions in the environment that enable that change to happen. And so I saw a meme the other day that was quite funny. It was like this small little town and then it has these like massive waves crashing down on it. And then the, the town was uh, labeled the training that I've done. And then there's like massive wave that's heading towards us. That's going to wipe it out. It's like uh, organizational rigidity. You know? yeah, so like yeah, we yeah. want change, but like we're not willing to change yeah. anything in the environment around us. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. been a big thing for me this year. Um, actually, like as I'm, as I'm writing, you know, the leadership manual and stuff as well, I'm reminded again over and over of how important the context is in which we function if we want to change. We can't just think about the action of change. You have to really think about the context in which you're operating, meaning the people, the place, and the proximity. So that if you want to change, those things need to change first or need to change with you at, at, at minimum to enable you to change. And so I think that's important to keep in mind. That was my bit, my favorite book, and I've, I've taken a ton away from it. Um, should, we, should we speed up a little bit? Because we're already on half 30 minutes through the, the pod, um, and we still need to get to word of the year. Next one, favorite travel destination. Go on. Uh, well, for me, it has to be London. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So, I mean, yeah. we visited, yeah. look, uh, having said that, we visited Spain this year as well. Um, and obviously we went to Germany. Uh, Spain was incredible. I don't think we had enough time there. Otherwise, I might have actually selected Spain for this. But, but London was just such a clear winner for me because the energy that you have walking in that city is phenomenal. I loved, we walked, we went to new bond street and geez, like you walk down that street and it's just, 
wow, like all these Chanel and Gucci and Versace and like went into this Ralph Lauren store and had coffee there, you know, but like, it's like, it's Ralph Lauren coffee. And then you're walking through this Ralph run. Oh man. Like everything about it just felt so classy and elevated and elegant. And I love that. Um, so for me, the clear winner, and it just reminded me again, well, two things. Number one, to dream bigger, to like, there's such a, there's a big, big world out there that, you know, we can all be a part of. Um, and the second thing is you, you need to earn in pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, just start with the first one and then say nothing else. <laughs> just, just, just earn pounds. Everything else will look after itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I love London, man. Yours. I've lived in London for a few years. I know London well. When I get into that tube, it feels like I'm at home again. That's so awesome, man. Did you catch a tube? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. Mm. Where did you stay? Oh, lots of different places. Yeah, and I know you wouldn't have known them because they were more like traveling areas. They weren't like expensive areas. Um, Wilsden Green, uh, Kennington, South Kennington, like a bunch of like outskirts, like maybe zone three, somewhere around there. But yeah, I love London, man. I, I'm looking forward to going back and uh, visiting some friends, and hopefully that will happen this year sometime. When you okay, were when you so, were living there, is that was that in your yeah. period of like selling shoes? I, well, I got well. It was I was living there twenty one, twenty two, and then twenty three. I saw the shoes twenty two. And then I got the rights, 22, brought them back when I was 23 and started selling them in South Africa, yeah. Okay. But then I've been back to London many times, you know, many, many times. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, I love it, yeah. It's very okay, cool. cool. Okay, so um, firstly, um, I increased my percentage of the world that I visit, visited to 24% from 22% this year. And I don't know if you're on that app called Bean, B-E-E-N, and so yeah, if you go I think on I do there, have it. You can choose. Mm. Yeah. So I increased it to 24, which I was very happy about. Uh, and I went to this year, I went to Thailand, Italy, Mexico, Costa Rica, Slovenia, Saudi Arabia, USA, UAE, and South Africa. So pretty, pretty decent. Uh, not my highest traveling year, but pretty decent. And look, I'm a fan, a huge fan of Thailand, of Italy, of Mexico, Slovenia. They're all Saudi. They're all great. But let me tell you, Costa Rica, Costa, Costa Rica, Rica, Costa Rica, <laughs> my God, just like so beautiful, so friendly, so food, like a fruit was, I've just never taken, in fact, I ate a fruit I've never eaten before in my life called the custard apple or apple custard. I don't know. They have a different name for it. Sounds there. delicious. And actually, let me tell you, I didn't even know this fruit existed. I saw it. So I tasted it. From then on, all I wanted to do was eat that fruit. And I just, when they served it at the hotel, I would literally, literally empty the tray out <laughs> and take it to our table and just eat that fruit. I can't even remember what it was. So Costa Rica for me, um, if you haven't been, I can't recommend it enough. There's a motto in that country called Pura Vida, which means pure life. Every Wi-Fi password is Pura Vida. Everybody's greeting everybody in Pura Vida. So, so cool. everybody's constantly saying pure life. Um, it's tropical, it's beautiful, it's friendly. It was fantastic. So Costa Rica, I'll be back. What is their currency? And there's some, it's called Colones. Um, don't ask me. I didn't even, I, look, when I travel, I just don't even. Colones. I, 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 Colones means colonial. So, um, and, and the Tika is the girls. And well, I don't know, I learned a couple of words. But Sean, is, my friend I was traveling with, has learned Spanish. So he was talking pretty pretty well, actually. I was very impressed with his Spanish, okay. talking to the drivers and that sort of thing. Yeah, it was very good. So Costa Rica is my favorite destination mm. of 2022. I look forward to increasing my 24% to 30% in 2023 and uh, looking forward to visiting new places and traveling to new destinations. So right, second last one, most important lesson learned. And this is going to lead me into my word of the year. And so I think it's very well. Should we not leave it for last then? Oh, yeah. So we have the most interesting. Let's leave it for last. The most interesting yeah. person you met. Yeah. So you go. I haven't really thought about it yet. You go with that. Let me think about it while you talk. Um, so the most interesting person I've met, and, and, and it's because it, I've just met him. So maybe that's why he's so top of mind for me. His name is Gary. He is uh, a very wealthy fabric dealer, like maybe the world's biggest fabric dealer. 
I found them interesting because I've never met anybody so focused in my life. Mm. The guy is, he has got laser focus, laser clarity. Even when you look at him, he looks very clear and laser driven. And it was just very interesting engaging with somebody that has that amount of wealth that sees the world as his oyster has been self-made, comes from Johannesburg, close to where I grew up. And just somebody who's created an incredible success globally and meeting him is very down to earth and very chilled. But when you start chatting to him, you realize his level of focus. And it's really got me to think about my ability to focus and what am I focusing on? And I made a post about focus, you know, how important it is to focus. And I've realized that fasting actually makes you focus. And so I've been doing intermittent fasting. Uh, I've been drinking uh, bulletproof coffee. I've been trying to do and meditating a lot and really just bringing in a lot of attention to my focus. And like I've just finished the neuroscience change solution course and that required hours of focus because you have to almost relearn or learn brand new content and present it, not just learn it, but present it and understand it. And so the ability to focus on that and really just about how important it is to focus. And he was just interesting to, to meet and he, and we went to his house for New Year's Eve and I mean, what a palace. I mean, not even a house, mm. but just an incredible experience being around somebody like that and just having access to people like that and just learning from them, you know? So yeah, Gary mm. is my most interesting person. Um, yeah, listen, I'm, I'm drawing blanks here. Hey. I think it's maybe just because like whenever I try and reflect back on, on past experiences, I'm, I'm typically not very good at it. I'm not good at it. I know. What about that lady that you, no, but what about that lady that you did that presentation with at APSA? You really liked her. Yeah. It, you really thought yeah, she was yeah. amazing. Um, Amanda. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, yeah. Look, the thing is that you end up meeting so many interesting people through the year. Um, I mean, she's a good, she's a very good candidate for that. Um, she's someone who, she was actually recently on Mazanzi Icons. Um, it's actually weird how we, how we met because what happened was Marnas was supposed to do a talk. So Marnas is a good friend. Um, he was on Shark Tank and then he was supposed to do a talk with her at a Vivke Co like, uh, event that she hosts. He couldn't make it. So he asked me to fill in and then. I killed it on the day, if I have to say so myself. And, <laughs> and since then, um, we just, we've, we've become good friends. We talk a lot and, uh, she has a, an incredible story. You know, she's been through, um, immense trauma and pain in her life. She was on Mazanzi icons, which is this show on, on TV at the moment where they showcase local, uh, ce celebs slash people who've, you know, been influential and she was on it and, Jeez, like, I mean, she tells the story on there that at some point, um, when she was young, she was siphoning. I mean, I'm, I'm t telling half a story here, but she was siphoning fuel out of a, a thing to uh, use for, for fire or something like that. Like, you know, she had to get fuel for something. And her uncle came up to her and he, he hit her. He, he had a history of abusing her and he hit her and she was passed out from that, from that shot. And when she woke up, she was covered in petrol and he was standing over her dangling a cigarette um, with her. Yeah. Jesus. No, like wow. hectic, hectic. And it was like the, the, almost the, the toughest part of her interview is that she says she grew up as a child, never knowing love. And she only ever experienced love when she became an adult and like met her partner or whatever. Yeah. So, and, and to look at what she is today and the motivation and the inspiration that she provides for people. And she runs this amazing event called Fastly Sage with Verfteco where they inspire women and it's all about women upliftment and empowerment. And, you know, when you speak to her, you don't, you don't feel like she holds a grudge or that she's bitter. And I remember back in the day, you know, when I was still a physio, um, we had this one lady that came to us that was in rehab and she'd been through hell, dude. Like if I tell you she's been through hell, I mean, she had her husband killed in front of her. She um, was beaten. Her son was beaten. They were in like this big, like um, hostage situation. And if you met her, she was the sweetest, most happy person that you've ever met in your life. You would never think that she'd been through what she'd been through. And it's just amazing to me that some people can rise above what happens to them in the past to 
not let the darkness overtake them, but they are able to still shine their light so brightly. I, I'm in awe of people like that. So yeah, she's a she's a very good candidate for that. Thank you. Wow, good. I'm glad. Well, big ups to her if she's listening to the podcast. Congratulations. Yeah. No wonder she's such a big success. And keep yeah, inspiring definitely. all those ladies. Definitely. Mm, very good. Okay. Cool. Cool. So lesson learned. Let me go first because um, we'll let yours run into word of the year and then I'll do my word of the year after yours. So I'll just say, like, I have two big lessons from this from, from last year. Um, the one is really to continuously think bigger, you know, and it's so easy to think that you're thinking bigger, but you're not thinking bigger. Or you're thinking bigger, but you're thinking bigger is like one and a half times bigger. But you realize that the potential that you have is actually um, way beyond what your thinking can comprehend. And I'm actually, I'm reminded these days quite a bit of something that Vuzi Tembequire said. You know, he, he said, um, I look at people that are like uber successful and you can't tell me for one moment that they are smarter than me or that they can work harder than me. Like I can do all those things. Like they don't have anything special. Like I have everything they have to make my life a success. And so I'm, I'm reminded of that often that we look at successful people and we think that they must have something that we don't have. And it's not true. You have everything you that you need to be whoever you want to be. Um, you just need to be patient and you need to be committed to the process. If you can do that right, then the sky really is the limit. So uh, don't let yourself be limited by your thinking. And that really leads in very well to my second point, which is meditate more. This has definitely been the year that I've meditated the most consistently um, and also the longest. You know, Previously, I thought that if I could meditate for five minutes, that was pretty good. Um, these days I'm up to 30 minutes, which is still infantile compared to your like three hours, but 30 minutes feels quite good to me. I'm very happy that I'm able to get there. And it's amazing to me that when I sit in meditation, how I feel I'm able to break certain limiting beliefs and how I'm able to allow my mind to go much, much bigger. And, and that's actually, you know, the more time I spend in meditation, the more I feel like when I step out of meditation, that I'm a different person and that I'm, um, not bounded by the reality that I'm currently in. And that always fuels me. It fires me up. It makes me want to go after things harder. So that would be, you know, the two biggest lessons for you from 2022. Um, and I, I'm taking both of those into 2023 and focusing on them even more with more intensity. Wow. I love that. That's really, really very powerful. Thank you for that share. Um, so think bigger. And what was the other one? Think bigger and... Meditate more. Meditate more. Mm. Very good. Um, so my biggest lesson has been something that Dr. Joe said a thousand times, but he said it in Costa Rica and I heard it for the very first time. Mm. And he said that when you change your frequency, when you increase your vibration as a human being, and I'll explain both of those things just now, both your future and your past change at the same time. And when I first heard that, I didn't understand what it really meant. And the more I realize is that everything in our lives is based on our perspective of our lives and our lives are based on the frequency that we have. Now, if people don't understand what frequency vibration is in our, in our, in our reality, we use different words to explain it. One, those people are low energy. So mm. criminals, prostitution, drug dealers, what do you say? I don't want to hang around with them. They're low energy or they're bad energy. What does that say? It says they are low in their frequency. And then you meet somebody like uh, Dalai Lama or you meet like uh, somebody that's been practicing meditation and yoga for many, many years. And you say, wow, I really like their energy. I want to be around them. I feel more peaceful around them. What's changed is that their frequency has changed. So mm. we are all made up of frequencies of light. Now, in this reality that we're in right now, light travels very, very slowly. That's why we have dense materials around us. But science has proven that when you go through your desk, your computer, metal, your watch, whatever, 99% of that density is actually empty. It's dark matter. And because of the slowness of this reality of 3D, we see things as dense 
but they're really not. They're quite empty inside. Now, what you've got to realize is that the 99% that is sitting empty is pregnant and full of opportunity and potential to be re-projected into a different form because of the 99% of black matter that's inside the cellular structure of everything. So my biggest lesson in my life is, this year, last year, is don't try and do anything. Just raise your frequency. And Mm. by raising your frequency, everything changes. You don't have to actually change anything. The only thing you need to focus on is increasing your frequency. So how do you go about changing your frequency? Is by allowing your internal world to become louder than your external world by allowing your internal emotions, thoughts, and processes in your brain to project onto the world, not have the world project onto your brain. So most people are victims of the reality around us without us even knowing we are victims of it. And so what we do is we let the outside world determine our internal um, state, Now, if you're not meditating, if you're not spending some time getting out of your beta 3D reality and into your alpha and theta internal reality, you don't get the opportunity to do two things. One, you don't become objective about the world that you're living in. You're continuously subjective. Why? Because you're always in the world. You're not stepping out of your world to see you and the world in an objective manner. So that's the first thing. The second thing, if you're not able to step out of your reality, you can never rehearse who you want to be in that reality. You're just on a treadmill, on a, on a, on a, on a, you're a rat on a treadmill or a mouse on a treadmill, just constantly going into the matrix and then complaining about things. And in that world, you complain about the world. You, you realize you think you're powerless because you haven't stepped out of the world because you kept your frequency exactly the same. You haven't changed your frequency. So when do you change your frequency? When you go on holiday. When you're on holiday and you look back onto your life, you go, oh my God, I should be doing this. I should be training better. Mm. I should be meditating more. I should be spending more time. I should be kinder to people, blah, 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 blah. You get back to your world and within two days, you're back to exactly who you were. Why? Because the frequency of who you are in that world hasn't changed. And so what people want to do is they want to escape these frequencies that have kept them trapped and what they do is they drink, they whatever. There's a million, million things that you can do to escape that reality. And the thing we have to start to do is realize that our world is based on our perspective and frequency that we have. And the more we meditate, the more we change our neural pathways, the more we understand the neuroscience of how our reality is actually created through our perspective of it, the more we'll realize that the most important thing for us to do is change our perspective by elevating our frequency. There is nothing else to do. I healed my dad relationship by not trying to heal my dad relationship. I just meditated. And I was telling you off air and I'll show off because it is a show off because I never knew I could even do this. But I'm meditating three, four hours a day. No problem. No problem. It's like, it's almost like become an easy thing. The longest meditation we did with Dr. Joe in Mexico was four hours, 45 minutes. Mm. And it was it's simple. And the reason is, is that your brain moves into a different state where time is not relevant. Sure. When we think about time in a beta brainwave, it's incredibly long. But when you move into an alpha and theta, time changes. So you can sit there for hours, really. Mm. But what happens in those meditations is you get to rewire you, yourself, your personality, which then creates a different personal reality. And now in this new personal reality, you have a higher frequency. And the minute you elevate your frequency, not only does your future change, but your past changes as well. Because in a space of this sort of reality creation, there is no time. And so in order for me to be friends with my father, I had to automatically have forgiven him for the past, but I never tried to do that. That was just a byproduct of elevating my frequency to see my father and my brother in different ways because I had elevated my frequency. And so one of the, one of the meditations that he does is called heartful mind, mindful heart. And in it, what he's trying to do is Bring your brain and heart into coherence to relax your heart and to awaken your brain. And when you relax your heart and awaken your brain, you raise your frequency. And when you raise your frequency, the world around you automatically changes because why? You've changed. So you can't expect the world to change until you have changed. 
And so when people complain about the world, they don't realize that they're creating that bad mm. experience, the, the lack of money, the back of, lack of relationships, the lack of whatever the case may be. So my word for the year is elevate. And the reason is, is that there's nothing else to do but to elevate. The, all your goals, all your dreams are behind or at a level of elevation of your frequency that those things become obvious and easy to access. And so that's why I'm spending so much time meditating and so much time studying neuroscience because what I've started to realize is that there is no future, there is no time, there's only the now, and how you perceive the now based on the frequency that you have changes your experience of the exact same reality. The exact same experience that you had two weeks ago and you have now with a different frequency changes dramatically because you've changed. Mm. And so that's a bit of a long monologue, but that's kind of where I'm at. I love that. I love it. I love it. I think we should stop here so I can go <laughs> meditate and then once we're done, we can come back and <laughs> do the rest of the pod. <laughs> yeah, no, brother, that's, that's, uh, I love everything you've just said. Um, and, uh, You've actually been saying this this thing around raising your frequency for a while now, and um, and I just I I so deeply resonate with this idea that um, you change from the inside out, and once you do that, the world around you changes and responds to that. Um, Can I, I just it. say one thing? I, I, I forgot to say one thing. Diseases are relevant and alive at a certain frequency. You change your frequency, and the disease disappears. It's not a miracle. It's just science. And I've seen at Dr. Joe Dispenza's retreats, people in wheelchairs, blind people, people with cancer, people with eczema, people, all sorts of ailments disappear only, only because they spent seven days meditating, changing their frequency because they changed who they were. They invigorated self-love, awoke their heart, connected it to their brain. And then all of a sudden, they literally changed. And because they literally changed, the disease fell away from who they had become. So if you do have a sickness or do have an ailment, whatever medication you're on, remember that if you add meditation to your process, mm. you will elevate out of that sickness much quicker than any medicine can do it for you. And they're now starting to prove this because now he's got different scientists doing blood tests, brain scans, looking at people with ailments before, looking at them afterwards. The Navy SEALs are now doing his work. I mean, it's just growing because it's just showing you something that's been latent inside our head for millennia, which is now becoming a software we're starting to understand because we have the consciousness to contain it. Mm. And so there's nothing more important than any of us to do for ourselves, for our families, and the world at large is to elevate our energy. I love that. Sure. Yeah, good one. Good word. Good word. Um, for everyone listening, John loves it to make his passwords, uh, his word of the year. So just say, <laughs> yes, what, what my suggestion is, is always use the word as often as you can to remind yourself of it. So obviously part of my password is elevate, but you don't know if the E's are written with threes or not. And you don't know what other words I've added to it. So there we go. <laughs> Yeah, good. No, I love that. Um, and I can totally see that you've already been doing that. So already living into your word. And may you have uh, a ton of elevation, miles of elevation in 2023. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I'll, I'll do my word in a different way. I'll give you my word and then I'll explain a little bit about it. So um, I went through many different iterations like I typically do. But the word that I finally settled on, the word, my word for 2023 is brilliant. 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 Okay, go on. And uh, when you look at brilliance, so brilliance, um, it's two things. It is shining and it is excellence. You know, when we say someone is okay. brilliant, it means that they are phenomenal at what they do. They are uh, high level of intelligence, etc. But also brilliance is that, you know, brilliance is how we describe stars, that like it's this shining that happens. And so yes. it speaks a lot to how I want to show up in two different ways that I, I want to really be brilliant in every aspect of how I do things this year. I want to dress in a brilliant kind of way. I want to speak mm. brilliantly. I want to present myself 
brilliantly. I want to get off stage and people go, that was brilliant. And mm. I've said this to you before, you know, there's this quote or this phrase that we often use that goes, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And I've always, I've always disagreed with it because to me, it's this very conclusive statement that, that just assesses how things are done. So it says, you know, it, look, it looks at someone like uh, doing something in a half-assed kind of way. And then you go, oh, well, how you do one thing is how you do everything. But it isn't true in that moment. Like if you say that to me today, it's, it's definitely not true because the, the time that I spend working with my clients and the way I work with my clients isn't the same way that I focus on doing the dishes, for example, right? But what I've come to, to think about when I was meditating and reflecting on being brilliant is that I want that to be true. I want, I want people to be able to say that the brilliance he brings to one thing is the brilliance he brings to everything. Mm. And that's been the switch for me is that actually it's not about, it's about do everything in the way that you do that one thing, you know? So like Mm. if you are brilliant at the moment in how you treat your clients, do everything in the way that you do that one thing. That's actually a better way of, Mm. of stating that. Because it's not how you do one thing, it's how you do everything. That's false. But if you could do mm. everything the way you do that one thing, then I think that's pretty amazing. Mm. And so that's actually been a bit of a, a, a change for me in how I'm thinking about it. But brilliant just inspires me. Like I, I want to be, I want to be a shining light. I want to, I want to project goodness and optimism and hope into the world. That's always been a part of what I wanted to do. Um, we are fortunate enough, I think, you know, that we, like, it's part of the work that we do. We are on stage, whether that's a digital stage or whether that's a physical stage. We have the privilege of standing in front of many, many people and influencing mm. them, you know, sharing a message with them. And I want to make sure that what they see on that stage is as brilliant as possible, whether that's the physical stage or the digital stage brilliant <laughs> i said that without even thinking <laughs> i said that without even thinking i'm sorry programmed um, programmed uh you're programming you're programming yeah um, look i think it's excellent to want to raise your standards and you and you are somebody who's always raising his standards you know you always are you're working very very diligently and hard at your career and you're diving deeper and deeper into it so as somebody who's watched you grow over the last few years well done i mean i think it's a it's a mm. good thing to to watch you be so fastidious about what you're trying to achieve you know and it's fantastic. And I think you, you are brilliant. Thank and you. I think you're just going to be more brilliant. I think you're going to need a bit of help with your dress sense. But besides that, I think you're winning. You're winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, are, are you, are you, don't look at today. It starts from tomorrow. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, no. oh, 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 so brilliance now. Is, uh, <laughs> uh, that's so funny. I thought you were doing it everywhere. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, I'm kidding. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I've loved this. It's been, it's been great. Um, it's been good to reflect a bit on 2022. Uh, it's been great to talk about the words for 2023 and just a quick reminder because we haven't done that, um, in this episode is that it's important to theme your year. It's important to have this sort of word that you anchor your year around because it just, it's, it's something that you can keep coming back to and that, um, you know, we, we spoke about focus and, we lose focus so easily during the year. It's in January, it's very easy to be focused because we've just come back from holiday. Uh, the year's ahead of us. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of enthusiasm for the year. So yes, like focus is at an all time high, but then we know that as the year goes on, we're going to kind of hit a bit of a rough patch at some point. There's going to be low moments. There's going to be challenges. And during those moments, it's very easy to take your eye off the ball to forget about who you want to be, where you want to go, what you want to accomplish. And when you have a word like elevate or like brilliant or whatever it it is going to be for you, it just reminds you about how you want to show up in this world. And that reminder, it, it grounds you. It, it helps you to stay focused on the right kind of thing. And through that, um, I think ultimately we get to just keep moving in the right direction. 
Um, even if at times it's a bit slower, even if at times we need to recalibrate and come back to the direction we want to move in, but it keeps you moving in the right direction. So if you haven't yet, spend some time, think about, think about it, um, and please let us know what that word is. We would love to know what your word is going to be for 2023. Very good to end off. I think well, I forgot to actually say that, but yes, absolutely. You know, theming your year, giving your movie a movie a uh, um, what's it a theme title. I think mm. a, a title, yeah, a theme. You know, it's like what are you theming your world mm. uh, and your year ahead? So yeah, congratulations, Eric. Um, another great year. It's our third year of the podcast, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're growing steadily. And thanks to everybody who's listening. And uh, please do share this podcast with somebody you think who might need to hear it. You can always book Eric and I individually for keynote strategy sessions or as a couple. Not like that, but a couple <laughs> who can come and do uh, uh, workshops and keynotes for you. Eric always focuses on team and leadership. I focus on human psychology and futurism. This is the Expansive Podcast. Thank you so much all for tuning in. Until next week, ciao.